Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. Alright, it is noon on a Thursday. It is time for Wolf and Down Your Lunch. All of today's top sports stories in one place. Aaron is not here. Rick is here though. Rick, what's going on? What's up, guys? What up, Rick? All right, so first topic for today. Uh, Sean Payton has been given permission, reportedly, to interview with the Arizona Cardinals, which brings us to our Sanderson Ford poll question up now at ArizonaSports.com. If you were the Cardinals, would you give up the number three overall pick in the NFL draft for Sean Payton? Your two choices are yes, go all in, or no, that's giving up too much. I don't even have to think about this. There's no way I would do that. (laughs) And I also think if you gave up the number three pick for Sean Payton, he might not want to come here. Um, Can I also say this right here? Um... Sean Payton, do you think you can actually fix Kyler Murray? Yes. I'm sure he thinks he can. Yes. Um, Kyler, do you think you need to be fixed? Yes. <laughs> gone. Number three pick, gone. You would trade the number three pick? You, you Listen, um, yeah, I would. There's, there's got to be other ways to come up. But I would much rather, if, if what you're saying, if it's like, if Kyler's like, yeah, you know what, Sean Payton, I trust this guy, I'll do whatever he says, then I would go all out to get Sean Payton, but that might mean my first-round pick next year and my second-round pick this year. I, I You know, I, once again, we're talking about a first-round pick, number three right now, okay? Um, Sean Payton is going to come in here, would come in here, and have the opportunity to change the fortunes of the entire organization over years. Not just one year. I just think there's another way to do it. And once again, there's no guarantee the number three pick is going to be this guy that changes your organization. No, that's true. There is no guarantee. But these other teams like Denver, oh, we're going to give you our first round pick. Yeah, cool. That might be the 32nd pick in the draft. Again, once again, you put it number three. I wouldn't want to do that. I'm trying next year, 2024. That's what I'm trying. Exactly. Here's my question for you, though, Luke. You don't know anything. That's not a question. About, well, I, I, I'll get there. No. You don't know anything about this number three pick other than what they've done in college or whatever, and it's just all on potential. Sean Payton has won in the NFL, so why would you rather, if, if the two choices There's are the number way. three pick or this or this unknown college player, or, I mean, or Sean Payton, a Super Bowl winning coach, why wouldn't you just choose the Super Bowl winning coach? There's another way, and there's other coaches. There's, there's. I will give you my first round pick next year, because if I have Sean Payton, then it won't be the number three overall pick, and I, I'm serious. That wasn't just a throwaway line. I don't think Sean Payton is going to want to come here if you have to give away the number three overall pick to get him. All right. Well, I will answer no then. And the choices are 74% no, that's giving up too much. 26% yes, go all in. Just because nobody else is offering that. So the other teams you're competing with, they're not having to give up that. You're, you're, it's like it's like going to an auction and it gets bid up to $10,000. Yeah. And you're like, I'll give you 100000 And everybody else is like, I wasn't going over eleven. I'm that's just saying fun. if that's the only choice, I'd yeah, go Sean again, Payton. Once again, um, I answered the question. Let the record show. I answered the you question. Right? You're usually right Thank with you. this stuff, but not today. All right. The Suns continue to lose and are now seventh in the Western Conference standings. Are they digging themselves into too much of a hole to get out of it? 
not yet, but first, I mean, you're only going one direction, and it is it is not a good direction. They are a half game out of dropping out of the play-in tournament right now. If you tell me everybody's coming back and healthy tomorrow, I think they're fine. Don't you, Wolf? I mean, you're not that far out of... You're, you're not going to catch Denver or Memphis for the top seed, but it's fine. Just get into the top six, and you're fine. But if you're telling me guys still are coming back for like another three, four, five, six weeks, and, yeah. and you can't win without them, yeah, this is not great. Yeah, you know, honestly, I'm not concerned right now. I am not. Um, Yes, it looks bad. It looks really, really bad. But the injuries that have decimated this team, those are real. And those are reasons as well. I I think back to last year, they won 64 games. Oh, my goodness. The Phoenix Suns, the number one seed, of course, in the Western Conference, won 64 games. And we all know what happened and how that ended. Wouldn't it be poetic justice where... They suffer a season like they are right now. And now, all of a sudden, they get healthy going into the bow season, and they make some noise. Uh, I like that. That sounds really, really good to me. And I think that's a possibility. I like that. That would make a lot of sense, because then we could just attach this regular season to last year's playoffs, because they go together. (laughs) And then last year's regular season to this year's playoffs. I like this. All right. According to ESPN's Pete Thamel, there will be no Week 0 football game between Coach Prime and Colorado and Kenny Dillingham and ASU and Tempe uh, because the Football Oversight Committee denied the request. Are you guys disappointed, or would you rather not have a football game August 26th in Tempe? <laughs> uh, I would have... I'm interested to see what Coach Prime does with Colorado because right now Colorado is one of the games on the schedule. Like, okay, that's a win. I don't think it's going to be that way for long. I would like to get that game out of the way early in the season. And I think if they're playing in 100-degree heat, that's an advantage for ASU. But, no, I mean, they'll play them when they play them. Yeah. You know what? I've played on that field. I did. I played (laughs) on that field when it was 120 degrees on the field. It was like 111 somewhere in there. Totally. And we played the Steelers as a matter of fact. They came down with a dark, heavy jerseys. Those dark Pittsburgh Steelers jerseys that were made of cotton. I kid you not. I I told my brother, you better hydrate. You better hydrate. You're coming down here. You've never felt anything like this. I was the guy who cramped up out of the field. (laughs) Not Craig. I was. And I I was cramped up out on the field and Craig ran by. The offense was coming on because it was a kickoff. We kicked it off. And I was cramping up and he ran by and whacked me right on top of the helmet. He, he said, brother. I told you to hydrate. <laughs> that okay. sounds like something Craig would say. All right, too. that got me sidetracked. That Next. A, that is a wild story. All right. According to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, the Cardinals are going to interview Bears assistant GM Ian Cunningham. The Bears were the worst team in the NFL this year with a 3-14 and record. But according to Rappaport, he was impressive at the NFL's front office accelerator program where he spent time with the Cardinals. How do you guys feel about the team potentially bringing in a GM from one of the worst team from one of the two teams worse than them this year. Yeah, I'm not worried about that at all because there's good people in the Bears organization just like it is any organization that is out there right now. Of course, there are people that are savants that are in the Bears organization or any other losing organization. There are people that stand out and just because oh my, look at their record. Uh, they must have nobody that sucks. I mean, 
or they must have everybody that's whatever it may be. Um, you're going to bring in people you think are qualified. And I know nothing of Ian Cunningham. I know nothing about him. But if they're going to bring him in, I guarantee you he's qualified. Yeah, I got to make sure I answer this correctly because uh, Lauren's behind the glass and she's giving me that. I'm a Bears fan, so stuff. That was not a careful. shot at her. Be that was not a shot. How you say it. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm with you, Wolf. Like, I'm sure everybody driving around right now has worked somewhere in the past where they would not want to be, they would not want their skills. <laughs> set judge based right. on how that company ran right. itself, right? Uh, and, and he's, you know, Cunningham's very early in his career. It would be the same thing as another team around the league that was looking to hire a GM being like, well, the Cardinals were 4-13. and 13. Adrian Wilson must not know. No, I don't think that's Quentin the case. Quentin Harris, those guys are getting yeah. interviews. So I would not I would not be upset if they hired him just because of the Bears' record. It would have to see, you know, obviously how it plays out. The GM thing's going to be different. Like the coach, we're going we're gonna to all kind of have a pretty strong opinion the second they hire a coach. When they hire a GM, unless it's like one or two individuals, we're all going to kind of just have to be like, let's take a wait-and-see approach, because all these guys on this list so far are very early in their in their general manager careers. Uh, all right, that was Wolfing Down Your Lunch right there. Thank you, Rick. When we come back, well, first, the countdown to Super Bowl 57 has begun. This seems important. And Bud Light, FanDuel, and Arizona Sports want you to be there in person, so text SUPER to 620-620 to register and listen for your name starting February 6th, you can score a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl. See, it was important. Plus, you will win tickets to the following events. The FanDuel Party, Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. So text SUPER to 620-620. It's all access presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. When we come back, the Suns keep losing basketball games. Is there anything they can take from these losses to get better? Big picture. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, Suns off tonight. Can't make them play three nights in a row. Take that. Um, They'll be back in action tomorrow in Minnesota against the Timberwolves. Wolf, we are basically the Timberwolves. Wolf. That was an yeah, interesting turn of right, events. Yeah, nice job. Um, the we're in, right in the middle of that stretch of ten games. Where what was the stat when it started? The the opponents were a combined sixty eight games above five hundred, and they've uh, they've gone one and four in the first five. Minnesota was the only team in the stretch that is below five hundred, and that's who they'll get tomorrow. But it doesn't really feel like it's about the opponent at all right now. Um, it feels like it's about the roster that the Suns are able to, to run out there each night. And we kind of got into this earlier, and then we had to hit the break. But, like, Dario Saric. I like Dario Saric. Love him. Tory Craig. I like Tory Craig. Yes. Uh, Bismack. Well, obviously, we love Bismack. Dwayne Washington. He's he's interesting to me. Um I like him, too. I like his upside. I don't like any of them at, when they're all together as four of the five starters, though. They, they have, they are, I like them in very specific roles, and when they're in those roles, then you could see why the Suns are a championship contender. We've got this guy coming off the bench that can do this or that, but not, you know, Torrey Craig's got to be our leading scorer. That, that wasn't, yeah. It wasn't supposed to be like this. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, Luke. Uh, we all know. What did we learn? That was the question, right? What did we learn about the Suns? Did we learn anything... No, we all know role players are not starters. And ladies and gentlemen, I say that as a guy that was proudly a role player on a team. 
Um, you can see the difference. There is a reason why they are our role players. And they're very, very important. Dario Saric, once again, um, very, very important. No doubt about that. Tory Craig, love Tory Craig. Um, very important to your team that you've got guys like this. Yet at the same time, man, we all know that it's not um, Devin Booker. It's not Chris Paul. Is it? It's not Cam Johnson. It is. It's not DeAndre Ayton. Even. It's not. Um. You know why you have role players on the team when you watched last night's game. Now, listen, I understand they beat Golden State the night before. I get it. But you know what? Again, I think we'd all agree if this was your starting lineup over and over and over again, not to go Marshawn Lynch oh, Marshawn. on you. Zoe right did that now. earlier, too. Right, like, not to do that. To but if, if now all of a sudden this is who you're game planning to play against when you play the Phoenix Suns over and over and over again, things are going to be a little bit different. Every now and then, yeah, you might surprise, of course. That's just called competing. That's how competition works. But, man, for the long haul, we see why role players are not starters. Well, when you have all these guys in roles that they were not anticipating being in, you go from a team that is a favorite to a team that is the underdog obviously and and that's a that's a big deal in the NBA because typically the favorites win. You know, you got 82 games to kind of parse out the teams that shouldn't even be there and you put a few teams in this play in tournament which is a huge disadvantage if you're a good team because you're basically one game away from being done. The reason that the good teams typically do so well in the NBA is because it's a best of 7, right? Like we were just talking to Zoe in here before about the NFL playoffs. Yeah, okay, it looks like San Francisco should hammer Seattle, but it is a best of 1. If something goes sideways in the second quarter, there's no okay well, Let's, let's regroup tomorrow and figure this out. Best of seven, the good teams are typically going to win, especially in the sport of basketball. And right now, the Suns starting lineup and bench guys by just because their bench guys are in the starting lineup is you you have to, like you said, win one game over Golden State. And you got to kind of have to live off that for a little bit because you're probably not going to win many of the next few. Yeah, not only that, too. I mean, you have to factor in the back end of a back-to-back. That, that only complicated the issue. As a matter of fact, against one of the best teams in the NBA. I guess, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the pack end of the back to back, and I really thought it was cool the way they came out and competed. The way they came out in that first quarter, man, and they competed. They were in the game after the first. They still were in the game. They competed all the way through, and it got wonky on them in the third quarter. Yeah, it's going to catch up with that. Exactly. At some point in time. And you know what? I think we'd all agree right now. We're ready for Devin Booker in his return. We're we're ready for Cam Johnson in his return. We are ready for Chris Paul. We're ready for DeAndre Ayton. We're ready for Cam. We are ready to see the Suns. And it. The man in the middle, standing 6'11 from Arizona, number 22, DeAndre Ayton. Yes, we're, we, are, we are willing to see DeAndre Ayton out there as well. It's just, you know, it, it's weird, man. I just want this team to have enough time to gel properly, to get into the postseason and have enough time to gel as a team, as a unit going in um 
when that point is, I would imagine maybe 20 games somewhere in that vicinity. 20's right? a good number. 20's a good number. James Jones says 20 to 25 games. That's how you evaluate a team. Man, if they could just the last 20 games somehow, some way, get those starting five out there on the floor and let them bond. Man, I'd love to see that. Yeah, no, that's that's I think the most important thing, and that's why that's why I'm not hitting the panic button yet. And I don't think you are either, even though we each have our own individual panic buttons. It's right there, man. It's it's red, and it is bright, and I'm holding it in my left hand right now, Basinonians, and I'm not going to push it. Uh, Mine went off in my bag the other day, totally accidentally, when somebody asked me a question. (laughs) If I was nervous about something, and it just went off in my bag. And I was like, well, that's that's a little too hard. Every time I put it down, because I put it in my headset bag, every time I put it, panic alert, panic alert. Okay. (laughs) No, that's not how he says it. He says, panic alert. Okay, like, yeah. It's like okay. a completely different word. Uh, that's why, though. Everyone that's why. got what I was saying, though. though. Um, well, People you, knew what I was uh, saying uh, right there. That's true. Uh, okay, I thank you. I feel like you. you should hit it again now. Uh, the reason, though, why you don't hit the panic button yet is because there is still, we're past the halfway point, but but barely. There's still almost 40 games left. But the other conversation here is, what are you going to do with trades? And I keep bringing this up because now we are four weeks away from the trade deadline. It is four weeks from today. And as I keep saying, there are two different paths you go down here. If you don't trade Jay Crowder for something, it's one of the most, it's just one of the worst moves that they've ever made to not make that move and just have him on the bench all season in the middle of your championship window. But then there's the other path of can you make a big trade? And I, I don't know that you can do that with the Sarver stuff, with not knowing how this team looks together on the floor anyway because they haven't played together this season. James Jones has got his hands full right now. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm with you. He he does. I, you know, the Jay Crowder thing, I just think about it. And, you know, DeAndre Ayton, you have to ask that question first. Do you think DeAndre Ayton is going to be a son by the end of the season, by the time you actually hit the playoffs? I still think he will be. You know what? I, I don't. <laughs> this is it, it feels, You're not alone. A lot uh, of people feel no, that way. No, honestly, I, it's, it's weird, and you know how much I appreciate the kid. Yeah. Well, you're not and saying I, get rid of him. You're no, saying you don't necessarily I, I don't think he's going to think be here, he's going to be here man. I don't think he's going to be here. I think it's going to be a situation of addition through subtraction. And it pains me to say this out loud on the air because I really do respect the kid, the guy that he is, DeAndre Ayton, the person that he is. I just, I, I, I think um, the impact that he has on his teammates around him right now is more detrimental than the impact he's having on the court. That's just a guess. I can't argue with that because it's not like he's going off or it's not like he's stealing wins for them. And it's not like I'm in the locker room, so I can't I can't gauge that, right? I'm not on the team. It's not There's a difference between, hey, walking through the locker room to report on stuff or being on the team. So I can't fully gauge that. I guess the reason I think that he'll be here through the rest of this season is at this point, unless you're going to be able to pull off a crazy trade, your best chance is getting everybody healthy. Trading Jay Crowder, that is non-negotiable to me. He needs to be traded or he needs to be back on the team. And then trying to get the most out of the guys you have, get them healthy and go through the playoffs. (laughs) But I'll be honest, the other part of this is 
because you can't trade him to Indiana yet, and Indiana is the only team I know for sure would give up something for him. Okay, so for me right now, Jay Crowder is, and I don't mean this <laughs> metaphorically Uh-oh. in any way, shape, or form, but, and, and Jay, I respect you greatly as a pro's pro, dude. I do. But to me, it's like picking a scab on a severed arm right now. No disrespect whatsoever. But you've got to answer the question. I think Jay Crowder is, is gone, to your point. He's gone, right? There's no way you're going to go past the trade deadline. No way and not move him. That, that is inconceivable. It will not happen, don't you Luke. Think it gets I promise harder? you, it will not happen. Don't you think there's a certain point, and I'm not saying it's January 12th, but the trade deadline is February 9th. Don't you think there's a certain point where, like, oh, we waited till February 6th, and every other team's like, I tell you what, man, I'll give you a third round pick and a two round draft for Jay Crowder because we know you have to move him. <laughs> right. There, there's probably some standing offers right now on the table for him. I would take one of those in the next, like, two weeks. I, I, okay. Uh, that's great. Maybe James. Jones is holding out, right? But I would imagine somebody's going to offer him something for Jay Crowder at the trade deadline, even before okay. the trade deadline. Okay, I, I would I would expect there's going to be some type of. I think he's gone. James Jones is just trying to get the best deal he possibly can, or maybe try to include. Jay Crowder, along with a DA trade. So, in other words, you got another moving piece, another moving part. You can possibly, that makes it more difficult. Granted, I understand that, but maybe he's got some type of logic behind all this. Maybe there's a reason why. James Jones seems like a reason why guy to me. Yeah. No, he's, he, he's, he does. He seems, <laughs> seems infinitely patient. And he seems like a logical guy. Exactly. This and I is can not identify a dumb with the man. This part, is a smart, smart dude. So because of that, why has he not done it? What, what are you, Jay? I mean, Jay, what did you do? <laughs> I want to, Jay, I want to know what you did, man. That's number one. But number two, James, um, you know what you're doing, don't you? That's the other thing. We could have this conversation forever because it's like if you're trying to drive up Jay Crowder's value, wouldn't it drive up his value if he was playing right now? I, I get it. You can't bring him back now because if 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 they got past the trade deadline and like you know what we're actually just going to bring Jay back and put him in the lineup, it would be like, well, what happened to the last sixty games that they lost because of of not? Play? I mean, it's not just because they didn't play him, but no. I, what, if, what if they brought Jay Crowder back and and suddenly there's a brawl in the locker room the next day? That would be kind of. Bad. It would. It wouldn't. Wouldn't be ideal. Maybe it would clear some stuff up. Text us your thoughts <laughs> to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right a now. A lot of the time. <laughs> it does. Uh, when we come back, is Kyler Murray the answer for the Cardinals? Some think he might be part of the problem. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke middays. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show. Stories like this one always make me nervous, Wolf, because there's not like a byline on the actual story, but it's attributed to Michael Silver. He used to work for ESPN. Michael Silver tweeted it out to or retweeted the story that was posted. So it's just kind of weird the way it, it's actually, it's just on BallySports.com. Okay. Okay, but it's, but 
I, I'm going to read you the content, and you'll understand why I'm, I'm willing to dig here and at least uh, at least look into it. So he, he goes into a few different topics, right? It's, it's not just a Cardinal story. It's all around the, uh, the NFL. But um, Michael Silver writes, he gets to the Cardinals, and the quote is, after quarterback Kyler Murray fought for and received a massive five-year, $230 million contract extension of his own last July. Quote, it was like they created a monster, unquote, according to one Cardinals veteran I spoke to last Sunday. (sighs) Once paid, the veteran said, Murray felt less compulsion to study his game plan or to fulfill the expectations of the franchise quarterback position than he had in the past, and the Cardinals' collapse felt predictable. There's more beyond that, but it's those two or three lines right there that are the big ones, because this and I'm not saying it's true, and I don't know who the Cardinals player is, but this is not the first time we've heard this criticism of Kyler Murray, not from media members or fans, from players in the NFL. Yeah, you know, beware there be dragons here. I'm sorry. It's just, um, as a former player right now, you have to consider the source. You do on this. Who is this veteran, right? He was a veteran, Michael Silver. Veteran Cardinals player. Yeah, um, Um, that spoke to Michael Silver. And again, I'm not saying Michael Silver is, is, is reporting anything that isn't correct. I'm just saying it's been my experience. It's been my experience that a guy will talk if he's got an axe to grind. And is his assessment tainted with his own bias towards Kyla Murray or not? What is the motivation, basically? What is the motivation to do this right now? Now, I'm not saying this dude um, isn't right. I'm not saying that because I don't know. No, nobody does. If he is, if this veteran, if he is right about that, run. (laughs) <laughs> run all of us well that's that's why I'm bringing it up because I thought of you saying a very similar thing last off season when you know there was the going into the Super Bowl the Super Bowl pregame show there were reports bad reports about Kyler Murray from current and former teammates remember all that that like led the pregame show yeah. to the Super Bowl um, there was a lot of this stuff last off season and it kept getting brought up because Kyler wanted that extension and his agent was publicly pushing for the extension so the reason I bring it back up here now is because when he got the extension you and I sat here and thought. Boy, I sure hope that goes away. I hope those comments go away because you never know how a guy is going to react once he gets paid. And again, this is one nameless veteran Cardinals player in this story. But he says, like, all of your worst fears. Once he got paid, it got worse. Yeah, you know, one of the... um one of the strange things about this veteran who said what he said, it, it fits exactly the narrative that is out there on Kyler. It does. Okay, so I, you know what, being the grassy knoll that I am, <laughs> this should be a segment. On the I show. immediately look at that and I think somebody had an agenda <laughs> because they're repeating the the narrative that is forming around Kyler Murray in the football universe right now. Well, it's easy to pile on now because the team wasn't good this year, and he played in, in most of these games. I know he missed some at the end, but it's it's not like, oh, Kyler got hurt in week one and they struggled. No, he was here for most of the losses, so it is it is easy to pile on him right now. Uh, and I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying this guy's right. I'm just saying yeah. if he is, this is like worst-case scenario for the Cardinals because the one guy you know is here is Kyler Murray, and if he's going to take a step back because he got paid when he already wasn't where you wanted him to be 
right. when you're going to give them $230 million. Exactly. <sighs> this that would be sound familiar. Right. And, and once again, that was the question that was out there in regard to Kyla Murray. And, you know, now all of a sudden he's the, the word study in this, you know, Murray felt less compulsion to study. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just, true. that is like right on the I, nose. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's why I look at that and think, why would they use that word? Because they knew that word right there. It's a trigger study. word for Cardinals fans now. Exactly right. And not only that, too, but, um, you know what, uh, the collapse, that's the other one. The collapse felt predictable. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) Okay, I mean, I'm just saying that the words that were used in this just seemed to fit a narrative that is out there already. It did. And hopefully that narrative isn't. True. Hopefully, Kyler got paid. And here's the and great thing about I it. I have though, to turn a corner. Here's the great thing about it, exactly right. Kyler Murray's going to have an opportunity to do something about this. He's going to have an opportunity, and now all of a sudden, you're going to bring a new coach in here. <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah, that was, <laughs> got my attention. With Everything that is waylaid from the past. Everything doesn't matter anymore. It's a brand new opportunity with a brand new start right now for Kyler Murray. It's a beautiful thing. And this is why, and I I said this before, and now with a little time and space, it feels better to say it because it hurt to actually say it the first time around. But ultimately, this may be the best thing that happened to Kyler Murray. This is an opportunity to become introspective, retrospective, look at yourself, hold yourself accountable, and say, I've got to get better, and I'm going to do that, and I need a new start, and maybe this is what it is. And maybe it's one of the big reasons why Michael Bidwell moved off of Cliff. All right, so counterpoint to that. I don't want to undercut what you're saying because you know how I think and you know my natural inclination is to agree with you So I'm on that, on, on that line of thinking. Let me just throw this out there, though. This is the second year in a row that we've been hearing stuff about Kyler Murray and we've said he's got an opportunity to fix it. Now, it's a different opportunity because it's going to be a new head coach. There's going to be a sure. new roster around him. But when is that point? Like if we're here a year from now and it's like, ah, oh, you know, the Cardinals went 5-12 and 12 and we're still hearing stuff about Kyler Murray, yeah. how, how, how many times can we dismiss this stuff? Yeah, this is it for the most part because I would imagine right now for Kyler Murray personally, this is rock bottom. It's got to be. Yeah. Even though he got paid $230 million, um, uh, this has got to be rock bottom for him when you think of his career, yeah. what he's done, he's, high school, college, <laughs> pros. He's it a, was going pretty well for him before this year. It was. He, he's basically, I mean, the only knock on him before this year was if he wants paid this much, why are people coming out anonymously and saying he has leadership problems or that sort of stuff, or he's not a great teammate? That was from a year ago. Sure. Right? But you're right. I mean, career-wise, he was still an up-and-coming good quarterback. Right now, in, in the NFL, where it's what have you done for me lately, what is he, a, you know, mid-tier quarterback right now? I mean, if we're just being oh, honest, yeah, right. I could easily find ten quarterbacks you'd rather have for next season. I, I don't think that's I don't think that's a stretch at all. But if you're Kyler Murray, if I'm Kyler Murray, I'm looking at that and I'm like, I'm injured. It's the worst injury of my career, yeah. and people are doubting me. I'm going to yes. prove everybody wrong. But if he doesn't do that, and we keep hearing whispers like this, and you're building your whole team around him because you're kind of stuck now in that regard, then. 
Where's that panic button? Yeah. Because we're going to need a big one. <laughs> right, exactly. And uh, <laughs> this for me right here, it, it makes Sean Payton even more attractive to the football universe, doesn't it? I mean, he has a ton of credibility, of course. He's a great teacher. He increases the odds of getting Kyler Murray to the next level. Would you agree with that? I mean, we yes. all yeah. we think he increased. Doesn't mean it's a guarantee. Kyler's got a lot of skin in the game on this one. Kyler's got to go ahead and engage in the process of getting better and accepting the fact that he's got to get better and he's got to evolve individually as a quarterback and collectively as a team. He's got to evolve as an offense. And you want guys that increase the odds of Kyler Murray getting to the next level. You want that. Um, what's here, Rick? Why don't you jump on? Because I've only heard part of this. It's Demeco Ryan's is getting an interview with the Cardinals. So the Cardinal, this is per the 49ers, defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans has now received interview requests from Denver, Houston, Carolina, and Arizona. That's from Matt Barrows. He's the athletic 49ers reporter. All right. So that's another name. That's That, that was actually the next name on the list that we were going to get to with Zoe after we were talking about Vance Joseph, but we just ran out of time. So that's... that's well, I like it. that. Yeah. I like that with D'Amico Ryans. And the reason why I say that is because he is a defensive coordinator. He's a defensive mind. And just like Vance Joseph, D'Amico Ryans um, is a guy that I think would have that separation naturally. I'm the head coach. You're the quarterback. We all know who's in charge here. And if you don't like it, get out. Well, that's that's the key. When, when, when you say it's all about how what they're going to bring out of Kyler Murray, that's not an exaggeration. It's what what is the next coach going to bring out of Kyler Murray? There's a lot of reasons to like Sean Payton, but honestly, that is the biggest one to me because he will come in. If he's here, he believes he can, he can get something out of Kyler Murray because he's kind of interviewing the Cardinals, too, yes. as they interview him. Right. And also, he has the sort of clout around this league where if Kyler Murray doesn't do what he wants... He can sit him, you know. I don't. You yep. can't sit him all season, but yeah. can, we may see Kyler Murray sitting in the second half because he's not doing what Sean Payton wants him to do, and that's a lot easier for people to handle than if a first year coach does it, because that first year coach is going to be the one that's gone, not Kyler Murray. You're not going to bring in Sean Payton, and then Sean Payton's like, "Hey, I gotta, I gotta get this quarterback back in line." They're, they're going to give Sean Payton room to do that because he's Sean Payton. Uh, join Burns and Gambo today from 2 to 6.30 at Sanderson Ford as they cap off the Big Red Rig giveaway. They'll be giving away concert tickets and movie passes. And special guest Arizona Cardinals offensive lineman Will Hernandez will be there signing autographs from 4.30 to 5.30. All right, when we come back, back to the NFL playoffs. Who has the most to gain out of this weekend's wildcard matchups? We'll discuss next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. So there's so many different ways to look at the games this weekend. We talked about it on Tuesday, you know, which which game you're the most interested in, which quarterback matchup you like the most, which uh, which coach you trust the most in these playoffs. But Wolf, I figure now we you know we've got two days before the uh, the playoffs officially start in the NFL. 
it'd be a different way to look at it is who has the most to gain from each of these games, don't you think? Yeah, who is the most to gain? Um, okay, the Buffalo Bills, maybe. The Buffalo Bills, maybe I want to start with them only okay. because um, they're 0-4 in Super Bowl appearances. The Buffalo Bills, uh, okay, I'm being a little facetious here, only because the Bills, yes, they do have an awful lot to gain. There's no doubt about it. Um, redemption for the Buffalo Bills. Not that it's left a mark on me no, gonna, at all. I was going to say, because there is another from team. from the park. I mean, Minnesota's own four in Super Bowls, too, right? <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. Um, you know, yet at the same time, uh, I think individually, when I think of who has the most to gain, I think of Kirk Cousins, <laughs> And I think of Daniel Jones. In the first round, I think of those two guys right there. Somebody is going down. And if it's Kirk Cousins in particular that goes down in this game, and if he doesn't play as well as he has played. You like that? You like that? (laughs) You know, I'm just saying. So I think he has a lot to lose. And because he has a lot to lose, I think he therefore has a lot to gain. He, I would agree with you if you go big picture in these playoffs, you start to get deeper. Like, you talk about who would gain the most from getting to the Super Bowl. I think Kirk Cousins is is pretty high on that list. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, Josh Allen hasn't been to the Super Bowl yet either. Uh, and Josh Allen obviously has much higher expectations on him. But you're right, man. Everybody is waiting for Minnesota to stumble. I've been waiting all season for Minnesota to stumble. Now, to be fair, I wasn't waiting for them to stumble in the regular season. I've been waiting all season to see how they stumble in the playoffs. <laughs> and that starts on Saturday. I will say this. You look around, and maybe it's having the seventh team or whatever, or just how, how shaky some of these, like Dallas, look going into the, the playoffs, and, and Philadelphia is beat up. You know my fear that this is all going to break perfectly for Brady to end up in the Super Bowl on a horrible Tampa Bay team. <laughs> and it's happening. He gets I Dallas in the first round and injured Jalen Hurts in the second round, probably. But there are... I just I wonder if it's gone too far with Minnesota the other way. You know what I mean? Every week, no matter who they played, they were like a two-point favorite. Uh, you go into the playoffs, everybody's expecting them to lose. Now, the Giants matchup isn't great for them. But, like, they should be better than Seattle and Miami and some of these other teams that are in the playoffs. It doesn't matter because they're playing the Giants. But maybe maybe we've gone to... I can't even... I don't even believe it. They're going to yeah. they're going to fall apart either this weekend or next weekend. Yeah, you know that may be the case right there. But once again, uh, can you imagine if you've got Kirk Cousins? He's one in three in playoff games. He better win this game. He's one in three right now. Can you imagine if he does not play particularly well? Because sometimes there are quarterbacks who go on, they light it up, they do a, a good job, and you lose the game. Maybe there's a lot of fumbles, whatever it may be. Right, you're, you're still going to lose the game, but. Ultimately, for a quarterback, it's all about one loss so much of the time. It really is. How many how many starts do you have and how many wins do you have in those starts? That is a huge that is a huge stat for a quarterback based on audience. If you really want to know if a guy is successful for the most part, look at a large sample size from quarterbacks. How many starts does he have in his career and what's his winning percentage? It's huge. Kirk Cousins right now, one and three in the postseason. Can you imagine if he goes to one and four, losing to Daniel Jones and the New York Giants?
isn't the one wasn't that the game against the Saints where he it was basically a Hail Mary at the end it was a pass that got tipped to Stephon Diggs and, and everybody just kind of fell down and Diggs ran that, that's the one right? You are correct so that's not necessarily the most reliable win I'm not I'm not taking away that win but right. I, I don't think they're going into the game this week being like okay if things get uh, tough we're going to throw a bounce pass to our receiver and he's going to get loose and, and we're going to win have he Justin did Jones. have a quarterback rating of 96.4 in that game now that's not great that's not that's that's good, ladies and gentlemen. That's good. It's not great. Okay, um, it's certainly not the forty that he had in his first playoff game. That's not great. They they should. So I think Kirk Cousins has the most to gain. That's I'll answer the tease. You're over there meddling. I have no idea what you're doing. It was right your now. question. You, you, you put the question out there for me to ask, and then you're like, "What kind of question is this?" Uh, Jacksonville and the Chargers. I, I'm I'm very interested in this game. And you talk about somebody with something to gain. I think Justin Herbert has a lot to gain because if they probably even if they win this one playoff game, he's able to get a lot closer to the conversation. Man. With Joe Burrow and Josh Allen, depending how far Josh Allen goes. See, you know what? I think you're looking at the wrong quarterback in that matchup. You think Trevor Lawrence? Think about Trevor Lawrence, how much he has to gain. Listen, there were a lot of people this year when when the Jaguars got off to a bad start. There were a lot of people that were saying, oh boy, Trevor Lawrence. Things did not look good, my brothers, down there in Jacksonville. And Trevor Lawrence was the guy that was bearing the brunt of that not looking good and what people thought. Trevor Lawrence is going to be a bust. I, I literally read an article that had that word in there, Trevor Lawrence bust. That's unfair. Uh, I, I'm Look just saying. his career started last year with Urban Meyer. I, I, I know. Yeah. I get that. But... If you've got Trevor Lawrence who suddenly goes out and beats Justin Herbert, a guy that has a modicum of respect across the league right now, even though he's got a lot to prove still, uh, I think Trevor Lawrence, yeah, that would be a massive feather in his cap. Yeah, it's a good point because you can look at his career, especially in light of what you just said about there being stories out there questioning him yes. already this year. If, if he goes out there and they beat the Chargers on Saturday night, and he's into the second round of the playoffs in his second year. Then all of a sudden, it's so easy to flip it and be like, okay, he started off with Urban Meyer, who didn't even seem totally right. Like either he didn't know what he was doing, or he wasn't he wasn't that committed to it. Whatever. That's a tough way for a rookie quarterback to start. Now he's got Jacksonville winning a playoff game in his second year. It's a lot easier to get back to the the pre draft talk of this guy's the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck because that was the label that was out there. That was the label that was out there. Yeah. His last year in college. Everybody can't wait to draft Trevor Lawrence. Remember Jacksonville and the Jets playing that year? The Jets winning, and because they won, they get Zach Wilson, and Jacksonville gets Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Yeah, you're 100% right. If he goes out there and wins a playoff game in year two with the Jaguars, his his uh, his stock is going to soar. Yeah, it already is. You know, once again, too, um, Justin Herbert. I think coming into this season, people expected this. They expected the Chargers to get to the playoffs. The Chargers, remember, they were one of the one of the cool teams to pick. If yeah. in fact you were picking a Super Bowl champion early. Before the season even started, that was, oh, yeah, you know what? Here's a bold pick for you. The Chargers and Justin Herbert. 
there were a lot of analysts out there that totally bought that coming into this season. I feel like I need I need to adopt an AFC team, and I feel like the Chargers are going to be my team. No, the Bills are going to be. Well, my but team. I feel like the Bills are everybody's. I mean, really? Yes, I mean, I'm in on the wait Bills. Wait a minute, you're going to abandon the Bills? I don't want to. This was okay, your so, team so from as, the very okay, beginning. I'll stick with the Bills. You were the first guy who said the Buffalo I Bills. I don't think that's. True. I was looking at no. I was looking at you like Luke. What are you doing? All right. Well, then I'm taking the Bills. I, <laughs> fine. But the Chargers. I, well, I, the Bills are mine too. Well, just so you that's know. fine. So as a show, we can. Okay. Um, I think the the thing that appeals to me about the Chargers this is fulcrum football. Is they have a, a coach that is willing to go for it on fourth down in really bad situations, and I think I just I need that in my life. Uh, I've been I, conditioned I, to have. You know what? That. Honestly, I, I I I cannot wait for that to happen in a postseason game. It's gonna where, happen. Where it costs, it costs him because honestly, right now, that to me that. That has got to go away. That mentality. Uh, this this we yeah. agree on. Get ready for Brandon. When Staley. it's a zero zero game, are you kidding me right now? Please punt the ball. You're on your own thirty eight. Well, but Wolf, the There's, sheet says if I, you do this, I understand. Times, it'll I, work fifty one. I know that that is that is a mentality that needs to go. Yeah, uh, especially in a, in a one and done playoff scenario. So you can't be like, well, if we did this ten thousand times, it would work fifty four percent of the time. Man. Yeah, okay. Or if you just didn't do it because you're playing Jacksonville and you should beat them, read so the room. Don't go for it on fourth and. Five. Five at your own twenty-eight in the second quarter. I'm I'm with you. If if they lose, I, I kind of hope it's on something silly like that because I, I think he is a good coach. But here's so the thing. do I. I like him. Aside from that, but any time the other part you're you're not even thinking about is when he does that and it costs them a, a game. There's going to be the hyper analytics community on social media that's like it was the right call. Yes. Well how is it the right call? They yes. lost because he did as the right call. Yes. If they played ten thousand playoff games, they would win slightly more than they'd lose. So now <laughs> yeah. you get one. It's right. not a best of ten thousand, it's a best of one. Yeah. Good. All right. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm against the Chargers now. Just because you, yeah. you talk me right. back, <laughs> like back to right there. Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. Uh all right we come back Sean Payton has been given permission to interview with the Cardinals. Could we actually see him as the next Arizona coach? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.